All right, welcome back after the break. Um, we were talking about uh, grades and school and how we are evaluating students and how that affects us as a society and students and the outcomes that we're looking for. Um, we left off talking about failure, like failing students and it not being a negative thing towards um, education as a whole. So failure itself is not ultimate failure. It's just failing at this one thing so that you can try harder, do it again, or change directions. Um, so maybe you can tell us a bit about how that affects the feelings of the students and how we're grading students to try and coddle them. Or that that's me projecting my my personal views, obviously, but. No, it's, it's, it's somewhat accurate. We do have like as a professor would naturally have sympathy and empathy towards their students. They come to them for uh, guidance and they want to do right by their students as right as they can. And they want to see them succeed. And that's admirable. Um, <clears throat> but, and it, because they also understand that it does feel bad to get a failing grade. You got a 45 out of 100% and that's fail. You didn't do enough to be considered, uh, had to have a you know, adequate aptitude at this uh, particular task or at the, on this particular topic um, or whatever. So it feels bad. You feel bad. But it's that feeling that drives you forward. I don't want to ever feel that again. I know that I started from a position of um, uh, well, a position of desperation uh, when I was starting school. I looked into my future and I didn't like what I saw. And so I have to go back to school. Um, I need something else because I don't like where this is going. There were a lot of positive things going in my life. I could pay the bills. I could uh, have an apartment. I had uh, basic skills, but I didn't really have anything that I could use to grow from there. And there was no upward mobility. There was no goal other than, you know, end of the week kind of stuff. Uh, and the, well, I got hit by the, um, the recession in 2008. Uh, I lost my job. And for a month there, I was very, uh, uh, I was unemployed for a month before they called me back and said, okay, you want your job? And I was like, yes, please. Thank you. And it wasn't a good job. All well, the guys there were great, but, uh, and it left me with a lot of, um, nasal damage, uh, which I had to deal for for a number of years. But, um, I saw that that could happen in a worse way. And if I got sick, there was nothing, uh, so I mean, I didn't see that I was developing any skills that I could use to make my position better. Uh, so I went to school. I didn't know what I wanted to take. <clears throat> I failed over and over and over and over and over and over again with these jobs that were dead ends that I was just, just go do something to get paid. I wasn't going through life very effectively. I was failing. I was getting failing grades over and over and over again in life. So that pushed me to do this. And I came from position of failure into the university. 
and I built myself up from that. Um, so when I got to university, I found there was times where it was extremely hard, but it was times where it was almost too easy. Uh, sometimes professors would go very uh, easy on us, but now that I'm in that position, that failure was a, uh, it was almost an act of compassion uh, when a professor would be like, no, you did this bad here. No, you did that bad there. You need to get good. What, what, did, what is this that you handed in? This is garbage. Uh, and that is what I needed at every moment of that. I got into university. I thought I was hot shit. I quickly learned that I was not hot shit and I had to become hot shit and I need to work hard at it. And like anything else in life, um, university is garbage in, garbage out. You need to put into it what you want to get. And the more effort you put in, the better your result. And yes, that means you know staying up late, but that also means managing your life, getting the proper amount of sleep, getting the proper amount of food, not getting worked up over exams, you know, figuring exercise, out ways, exercise, yeah, important things, doing, maintaining a balance, and uh, learning how your psychology works. You know, you go into exam, you're like, oh no, it's terrible, it's terrible, it's terrible. It's like, okay, how do I go from that to do this? I got this exam. Here's here's the gonna have an exam you get hype for the exam i'm gonna do this and you just you you can't you can't it can't come fast enough it sounds like failure a lot motivated you because it like it turned your desperation into a positive energy right like it gave you strength to keep pushing on uh what about for the students that might collapse under like that nearsightedness of failing one thing, not realizing that it helps you in the long term. Like, how do you help those well, students with failure? Well, if you collapse on that thing, then you are failing at your own metagame. Mm-hmm. How do you manage your own psychology? How like there's you... a bigger problem at stake, you're saying, right? Right. It's not that you don't and can't learn psychology properly. It's that you weren't able to put yourself in a mindset to learn psychology properly yeah uh, this time this instant this time not like so forever. like you can you can you can take your knocks and come back uh and so what made me freeze what made me uh break down what about that was and the worst thing you can do is blame it on the administration you know, you have you know, the grading curve, <laughs> the grading curve. It's like, oh, well, I got a, I got a 60. So that means I know it. It's like, well, when you get into the next year, uh, you know, yeah. you're going to, you're going to see how well, you know, it, uh, when they throw you in a deeper hole. And so you get people walking around with like, fuck the administration tags on their thing. Cause it's an easy target. You know, the guy who runs the university is, you know, old white man. And that's why I didn't pass or whatever. But like, you can blame yeah, like your petty parents. stuff like that. Uh, transit was rough. Uh, it, it's, it's not. It's too hard to get to school, so it's this or that, or you know, it's a systemic problem that's keeping me back. It's like no, like it's like oh, I had trouble getting to school. It's like, are you in a wheelchair? Is there no wheelchair access? Like that guy in a wheelchair gets to class every day. Like mm. high fives for him every day. But like. <laughs> Uh, like, so what about the um, the curriculum then? Because as far as I know, 
we're pushing a lot onto teachers and professors, like just social stuff. Well, I'm not talking about university now, but more like high school and elementary. We're, we're sort of teach, we're getting teachers to socialize our kids and we're putting things on them like sex ed, religious studies and language and how, how to play and share together with like structured games. But like the curriculums, they just keep piling things onto the curriculum. 60% of that, and that's not just off the top of my head, that's like roughly what it is. 60% of the curriculum actually gets taught in a, in a school year. Yeah, I remember. They need 50% of that to pass. And then the, the, the grading curve lets you pass at a 40% and 35% is enough for them to nudge you forward. Yeah. Like, I remember that, not getting to physics. It's to me like a school. really big problem if our marks are reflecting 35% of the curriculum and passing students. Yeah. That's. But um, what's the alternative? Like, what risks do we run if we start failing kids like we used to? Like, when I was in school, I failed math. I think part of the problem is that we're also not failing teachers. Um, That's teachers, an point. Uh, not, I'm not talking about university teachers. University teachers have right now uh, a really rough go. They the are, teachers are graded based on the students' grades too, right? Right, but I mean, teachers are, you know, you get to you get to teach one class uh, for this semester, and maybe we'll bring you back, maybe. And oh no, and then you end up being like a, you know. <laughs> poorly paid intern professor for your entire career thanks mm -hmm. to administration like <clears throat> you need those uh and i do think tenure is important but uh for different reasons but as well you have to earn it and not everyone gets it and for high school students and elementary like you can't really grade a elementary school teacher based on you know are there students you know yeah, getting the curriculum because this is a, some of the uh, some of the things they're learning are so basic. If a teacher can't teach, if half the students can't read after you know grade one or two, I don't know if that teacher's doing their job. But um, the we do need to be a bit harsh on our teachers too. Are our teachers doing it now? Having taught, sometimes kids just don't want to learn, and this online. Uh, thing is not easy at all and uh under normal circumstances what i'm saying would be like yeah like make them show results and be harsher on them have more competition between uh between educators but online we don't really know what form that's taking because uh i had to adapt and i was just tutoring one-on-one uh, -on -one with students and i had to switch my tack 360 and then turn around again and just figure yeah, out yeah it sort of throws way. everyone for a loop eh? yeah and the kids that don't want to learn the the, ob the obstinate ones who don't want to be there uh for whatever reason are going to be even harder to reach you, know, you, you go and you mute it and or like you turn off the video yeah and they can't see anything so it's just like they're gone you there's nothing you can do you can be like oh tut tut or you talk to their parents and parents are like i don't know what i'm gonna do but that's a whole other thing so we do need to go hard on our teachers because you can't just expect the students to put up but at the same time the students are the ones learning and if you are at a higher level you should have a basic and if you're going to if we expect you to 
perform high level abstract tasks that the university requires of you, then we do need you to show a ability to work in a liberal environment where you are the master of your own education to some extent. And that requires a lot of courage uh, intellectually and uh, personally because you're putting yourself out there and you need to get used to putting yourself out there. And this is where that compassion comes in, that compassion of failure. You have that confidence, which is I think a word that we aren't, haven't been using very often, that comes with the success after failure. Mm-hmm. Because you failed, you were down in the dirt and you picked yourself up and you finished. And that feels so good. That will push you to like greater heights every time. It feels way better than it hurts. Uh, and you look back on it at that pain and you're like, I love the way that sucked. In fact, I wish it would suck more. It's almost like a pride thing too, right? Like you can yeah. be proud of yourself for having come from a further, further down. Yeah, further you, you can. And if you measure yourself against yourself, it becomes even better. If you're measuring yourself against, oh, I'm not like, look at these people. There's so much high above me. It's like, no, they're just doing other stuff. And yes, yeah. some people are more capable than you. Deal with it. But at the same time. Yeah, it's just this one thing. Like it's school. That, that when you, when you, when you, when you, when you tell your student that, you know, you have failed, get good. And then they come back and they get good. That high five or that, you know, that handshake of respect or that little nod is more than a the diploma would be. And you use that and push yourself further because you understand the lesson and you get that confidence. And then you understand how to gain that confidence. And with that confidence, you are able to use your competence so what do you think of like participation awards and like gold stars for trying and you know what i mean like all that the the fluff that we give kids now like even i I was in i played soccer when i was a kid and that's when sort of when they started doing all this in the 90s like coddling kids i remember those white got a trophy for losing every single game in the season (laughs) like as a kid i mean i was a weird kid i was like this trophy means nothing to me because we lost and I was yeah. like ready to throw it out. And, you know, my family is like, oh, well, it's memorabilia for when you're. But it meant nothing to me to get a trophy for losing. No, because you didn't. There wasn't any there wasn't any action. There wasn't any. Uh, you weren't working towards a goal that you achieved. You were just you did something and then you got a token. They are completely useless. Yeah, it's a uh, hollow, empty token. That's all and, it is. Uh, it's it, I feel like it's more damaging than not. That's what I, I was getting at. Like, how do you like, think that affects kids and their education? I think it's uh, honestly, I think it's absolutely, efforts. I think, I think it's one of the worst things we're doing. Um, honestly, I don't have that many trophies. I've got some ribbons for when I was really good at gymnastics. Um, I've got a, I've got a couple of mementos from a couple hockey tournaments I was in, but that's more of a memento that like, Oh yeah, I remember that hockey tournament. Yeah, and it gives you the year and tells you where it was. Yeah, it tells me where it was, but it's not a participation trophy. It's a, yeah. it's like a, uh, it, it, it's it's an artifact, and um, it meant more when you know a professor gives you a uh, a book as a you know here you go. I I know you 
Uh, you tried hard. Here's a gesture of my respect. That's more than any participation trophy because it's like you earned something abstract that you can't be quantified in a ribbon or a trophy. Now, I didn't win many trophies, and that really never... Like, it feels good to win a trophy and to be the guy with the Stanley Cup going, yeah. But it's not everyone's going to do that. And you have to win your own trophies and you have to find your own victories. And they're not going to be the same victories across everyone. So, and frankly, not all of us are going to win all the victories. Um, we're as, as far as like education and grades go, like mm-hmm. I, this again is just pushing my own personal opinion, but I want to get your thoughts on this. If we're doing the same type of things with grades, like somebody gets zero and you give them 30% for trying and that gives them a 50% to pass at the end of the year. Yeah. Like that to me sounds so destructive in the long, the long term. Right. Because even after you graduate and get your degree and you're telling your employer, Hey, look how competent I am. If they get a job like managing the sewer systems, and then contaminate all of our water supplies because they're idiots, but they passed anyway. You yeah. know what I mean? I kind of have that like, uh, but not that they couldn't learn. It's just, they didn't have to, because you're just, you're giving them awards and rewards for, for not doing anything. Well, you see other systems like that. Like you kind of think of like a Soviet system where you're promoted to a position because you know, a guy, uh, not because you know anything and they Nepotism. killed all the they killed all the engineers like five years ago. So there aren't any, so they need engineers, so they just put people in engineering program in engineering positions, uh, or doctor positions because they killed sent all those like away. The too. ramifications of that to me seem huge. Like right. maybe I'm you, just exaggerating or whatever. We need in my mind, as a society, like, we need expertise. Right. Like and we need expertise in every area. And every society needs that. And if our expertise is uh, false because we can't, we're worried about hurting people's feelings, then, well, if you're a guy that's hiring, it's like, I need to make, uh, like, this is a, um, I don't know, drywalling company. Do you know how to use a hammer? Oh, yeah, yeah. You just, you know, it's like a, touched from once participation yeah and then they're pulling nails out like this yeah it's like (laughs) instead of rocking it you don't know that it's like no no uh, my mom said i knew how to use a hammer it's like no you don't so now i have now i have to sit and teach you and this goes for anything um so you know software programmer it's like oh you did the minimum requisite it's like oh why didn't microsoft hire me wonder uh so then they 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 complain that it's you know there's oppression in the system or there's uh or discrimination discrimination like do you have a way like i remember getting jobs because i went up and was able to talk to people about what i was doing because i spent time serving tables being able to sell you know uh spring rolls or something to people that came in it's, it's, it's meaningless work, but I learned a lot of skills from it. So when mm. I go into interviews, what I do and to apply, I'll shake people's hands and I'll get to know them. And, you know, this is me because this is what I learned. And people just expect to be given, a, you know, a job interview because they participated in the application process. No. Uh, 
Can I ask you then about like how students are, or I mean, how teachers are being graded for their performance? Because if we're doing this to students and we're giving them gold stars for 30% and passing grades or whatever, and then they become a doctor (laughs) down the road, do we run the risk of grading teachers the same way where we're just patting them on the head saying, oh, you're such a good teacher. Don't worry. We'll just work on that. And because I find a lot of teachers seem to be just as immature as their students. And that scares the shit crap out of me. I've had a couple professors that I was wondering as to their qualifications. Well, even uh, high school, I mean, like all Oh, time, yeah. Because their grades and are sort of agnostic to the level that you're being graded, right? Yeah, I've met a lot. I've met like a number of high school teachers too, or have that like cynical attitude where it's just like, oh, I just go in, read from the book and leave, you know, like, uh, I don't know. It's like or they write on the board and they tell you to just copy those notes and that's like a lecture. I've had yeah. teachers just write on the board and say, copy what I write on the board, not even teach. Yeah. Why don't you understand the, the linear equations? It's like, mm. <sighs> dude, <laughs> I'm trying. Yeah. I, although, you know, I had a, one teacher who I went in and was trying to go in for, it's like grade nine or 10. I was went in for extra help at lunch with math because I just, you know, I was going to sit down. I'm going to get this. And he went out and got high. And I was like, Nice. (laughs) Yeah, and well, he eventually did lose his job, Uh, but I feel like that's also hard to tell because this is the problem with all this is how do you measure capability? And if you have to, like, how do you measure? If you have to grade, if you have to curve a class more, like often, like there's something wrong with that class. If the now universities do have that like thing that they pass out at the end of every class and if the teacher's good generally everyone will just put high marks but if the teacher's bad students will write essays and yeah. they'll leave uh they'll leave horrible horrible remarks which are public uh and they'll they'll be very open if they feel like they've had a bad professor now the problem is that now this has become politicized but like i had professors who were uh they would they would have some weird methods or they i was able to just cheat the seminar by saying what i thought i would get the professor to go that's a very good point and i'd be like that was easy all i have to do is say this couple words or just say you know uh, this or that and then the t professor would go like oh that's a very good point i got sick of that and eventually just started you know so what should we do about that like how do you fix the way we evaluate teachers and their ability to convey knowledge and don't think there's any like one thing that we can institute a reform program of this i think we just need to be harsher on everybody like just straight up no more participation awards that's one but like yeah that's an easy one just be more critical of your of students of teachers and make them work for what they do you think uh, people what, should be fired or expelled for underperforming? Like not getting, they're not getting should, good grades. Let's say they've got family problems at home. Like yeah, well then work it out and like get better grades later on or. Yeah, but I had like I was working full time when I was in school, and I. You're an exceptional all, dude, though. <laughs> I don't know. I like to think of myself as pretty average. Yeah, you're but. not really a lay person. <laughs> I have pretensions towards laity, um, but <laughs> the um, I feel like yes, if you have an excuse, well, excuse it. I remember no, it being told excuse is 
just an excuse. That's nice. Hold the log, or uh, you know, get to get to the position in a certain amount of time. Or uh, like, does it help to kick people out though, like to ostracize? Yeah, I think there are certain mitigating circumstances. My wife got pregnant. I need to focus on that, but uh, I will work until that. And I think you should be given options, and the options should be: you can give up. I won't respect you if you do. Or you can try and work it. You can take the harder path. And I think we should reward people taking the harder path and maybe let people, and then if people fail at the harder path, then yes, they should be said, you should focus on, you know, that kid that you're having because your marks are going a little further down than we thought they would. But at the same time, uh, you know, give them a chance to come back. But if you are definitely not cut out for it, yeah, out. If you take too long, gone. If you uh, if you are not making proper arguments, like teachers should be harsh on their students. And you learn the most when your professors are uh, don't let you get away with um, half measures. Mediocrity. Let's just put it real. <laughs> right. And generally, most of us are going to be mediocre in most things. Uh, and that's okay. Um, but that mediocrity shifts from topic to topic, from thing to thing. I can code, but I know that I am sub-mediocre when it comes to coding. Mm. But that doesn't mean I can't, you know, dabble. But that means I'm not cut out to be, you know, a uh, you know video game designer or something cool like that. But I can do other stuff. So if I went and tried it, I wouldn't expect any different treatment because you know I have passion. I would want the same treatment as someone who's excelling, because we need that criticism. And the people who are excelling, we should make it harder on them to excel as well, right? Yeah, push them. Yeah. Like, wow, you're great Don't at this. just let them coast because it's easy. Right. And you push them to become, to meet their potential. Because we've all got a potential. And I think one of the things that I've seen, there was a outreach center in Winnipeg. Um, and it was run by a guy named Ken. Uh, I only mention his name because he is an admirable individual. Um, Ken, I'll look out for him. <laughs> yeah, just Ken Ken's from Winnipeg. But uh, he ran an outreach center for, for youth uh, in the downtown area. And they didn't grade kids based on, uh, they didn't put them into categories of A plus students. You need to get an A plus to get the awards. You need to get an A plus to do this. No, he graded improvement rather than score. And Is that. Effective? It's seemed effective because he would have definite and real rewards for improvement like desirable rewards uh like recommendations and referrals and oh no no these were these were children like that uh perks like go to a jets game oh nice and so but you had to come in and it was a a place you come in after school and you do your homework Mm -hmm. and it didn't matter if you were uh you know a c student if you were a c student that could pull off a b plus good work. If you were a B student that could pull off an A, good work. If you were a B student that, you know, just getting Bs, you know, man, 
let's 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 put some effort in. Let's 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 find your potential, and that's what matters. We need to be thinking not in where are you, but how how where is your potential lie, and where are you most able to improve yourself. I and, like that a lot. Yeah, and I think that's where we sell ourselves short more than uh, in comparison to others, because we see, oh, I'm a C plus student, I shouldn't be here. It's like if you push yourself. How far do you think you can go? Are you pushing yourself hard enough? Could you find a harder path that would allow you to improve more? Can I sort of dig into that for a second? Yeah. Okay. When you say push yourself, I know what you mean, but it's probably not obvious to everybody else. So that's the only reason why I want to just get behind yourself there. (laughs) Because when you say it, you're also referring to things that are personally just uncomfortable for yourself. Or like somebody has an issue public speaking, pushing yourself doesn't mean just spend more hours and like bang your head against the wall more times. It does mean that, but yes. Yeah, it does. (laughs) That's part of it. But like, Mm -hmm. it also means do the things that are uncomfortable. Yes. Do the things that are hard for you, not that are just hard. Yeah. So that you're you're not going to be a JFK public speaker, but you do have to make presentations and talk to people. So yeah get used to the uncomfort and like I'm actually um I actually have a lot of problems reading just sitting down and reading and I know that sounds weird because I've got a bookshelves of books behind me that you know 90% 95% of which I've read uh except for the reference material you don't read dictionaries yeah uh well on Bone Town I read the whole thing <laughs> yeah uh, really uh, I read the dictionary it's very yeah, yeah no yeah i've read three becherelles no. <laughs> like i read the becherelle it's like why but i had the, to. <laughs> I, the problem the thing was is that i have a lot of troubles just sitting down and staying down and focusing on the book mm-hmm. and this was very hard i had to find a lot of weird things that i could do like i'd go into the find this weird corner of the library where i would just sit down and just focus i do I would, this yeah, I've seen you do that. I uh, I would, uh, you know, earplugs, right amount. Like I'd have a ritual that I'd get myself into it. And, um, but I would get the reading done and I would be like brain dead at the end. And, um, I didn't enjoy per se the, uh, the arguments I was having towards the end of my university degree. But I felt that it was easier. I would get more out of standing my ground on points that I thought were truthful and finding the most uh, objective points rather than just submit to the orthodoxy that was, you know, decided on randomly at that class. From the prescribed. Right. So I found I thought it was more advantageous to me to take that path and to argue that and i feel like i got a lot of people that weren't really understanding my position on things because i was just i'm very uh i'm very high on environment environmental things but i'm not exactly i definitely will not just knee jerk an opinion out of it like Mm. what should we do we should go plant trees what about this it's like i don't i'm not going to maintain a popular opinion just because it's you know everyone agrees with it i'm gonna look at it first and that doesn't make you friends but you're not there to make friends but at the same time 
if you take school personally, it's 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 a seminar. It's it's not it's not the grand arena. Yeah. But in that process of pushing yourself to read, even though it was hard for you, you get that greater sense of fulfillment at the end. That's that accomplishment you were talking about from or the pride from the grind. Yeah. Right? And not only do can I say I've read this book, but I can pull off a book and tell you what their arguments were, because I wasn't reading to just say, mm, I read a lot of books. It's yeah, like, no, exactly. I've read a lot of books so I can make better arguments. Uh, these are tools that I have. I use these. Yeah, uh, drill bits. Yeah. A certain idea for a certain situation. I use them all the time. And um, the... Where was I going with that? I lost. I just kind of stopped. <laughs> That's all right. So I think one of the things, though, was that... Uh, the other thing was is that I had become very critical of my fellow students. Um, and I saw them, like if people are yelling at me, I don't know, I would, no, sorry, I don't know where I was going with that. That's all right. <laughs> well, let me, let me ask you something about that then. Um, a lot of students that are in university, a big issue they have with uh, expressing an opinion that they're not fully, like while you're still learning something, you can discuss it in class and have opinions, right? They don't have to be right. But there's a really overarching sense of like a fear of reprisal that students have that I noticed when I was in university anyway, where they don't want to speak up unless they're absolutely positive everyone's going to agree with them already. And that's like not, there's no point in even speaking if you're just going to say things that you know people agree with. Yeah. Like to me, the whole point of uh, open discussion is to say things that maybe you're unsure of or maybe that you're positive of but the point of it isn't to find more people to agree with you the point of it is to express yourself one and two to receive expression from others like, right well it must be true because democracy yeah. uh, it's like okay but the thing is is that and i tell my the, the students i teach is that you can say anything you want in a class anything you can make any claim but you got to back it up mm. you have to put thought into it well yeah it's like well there might still be dinosaurs around oh really because like you can definitely make that argument yeah uh and well it so could be in the, the subterranean lakes in the antarctic that we haven't explored yet there could evidence? be dinosaurs swimming around down there and the best evidence <laughs> is well did you eat chicken last night <laughs> <laughs> so poisson? Yeah, like these or like sharks or technically like alligators, like you can, depends on how you want to make your argument. And yeah. if you argue it well and you have good evidence, the problem is that you can just say, well, those aren't dinosaurs anymore. It's like, dang, blew it out of the water. You well, let's solid, define our terms then. <laughs> right. But solid try instead of being like, oh, I feel this is right. And I feel like being able to create an argument is part of the reason a lot of these places go. Now, this changes for fields if you're in medicine certain things work and certain things kill people <laughs> and guess which ones we're gonna we're gonna learn how to differentiate and use the ones that work and but there's also research that's subjective to the methods and all that like there, there is still a lot of subjectivity in medicine right right because you have I like patient-centered care and stuff like that but even in engineering a gear is going to turn a certain way energy is going to act in a certain way uh mm -hmm. steel will not like 
it'll act in a certain objective way based on natural laws. I like you can't. Um, and then it, in engineering, the the marks just end up being, does it work? And was yeah. it good? Was it a good <laughs> idea? <all> <laughs> like, did it work? And was your idea good? Well, if you create something that someone's already created, well, then it becomes like, uh, did you change it? Did you come up with some? Or did you showing basic uh, understanding of uh, how to engineer something, but you're not showing much uh imagination mm-hmm. unless um, you describe it super deeply right because yeah. i can say like even though i've made something that everybody else has already made i've made it so that i can understand it deeper than most people exactly. but then you have to express that you have to show that you understand it that deeply if you're going to remake something right so why did you build a steam engine yeah. well because i wanted to understand like i wanted to completely grok the steam engine right so to see what i might theoretically do with it afterwards yeah. Yeah. so like i didn't know about it and now i know and so the teacher can be like okay you didn't expand the bounds of understanding but you expanded your known knowledge mm-hmm. so yeah that's good now we don't all need to you know push the bounds we do we do need to push our own bounds definitely but not all of us are uh necessarily need to we're not know. all wired to climb trees <laughs> No, but at the same time, <clears throat> when we castigate others for, uh, I, I guess when the marks become also uh, based upon certain expectations, like does this uh, does this push the bounds of this or that, or does this uh, do what the teacher wants? Does this uh reformat an understanding that you know helps marginalized communities or something and it's just like oh no that's not what i'm here to do i'm here to do this or that and i if you know what you're doing i think i'm off on a tangent so it's all right well we are talking about like grading and everything yeah so maybe we should come maybe we should come back to that a bit so it doesn't when you get your grades and then you um you you open up your your paper and you get your grade it's like okay 75 and you're like not bad not great uh and it's like oh you wanted like that 95 or something but like you move on to the next one do you actually care like as as a person you need to ask yourself do you actually care two days later after you get the grade now, if you if the answer is yes, why? Mm-hmm. Um, because you have to move on and do more work and get on to the other stuff. You're not going to be able to change that grade. You're barking up a tree that's not worth barking up. So, for you, in a very practical sense, the grade no longer matters after you've taken the test. Even before you've gotten that mark back, the grade no longer matters. Uh, because you have new tasks. You need to move on to the next thing. You need to manage your time. You can't waste your time spending, worrying and reviewing and all that because you can review after. You're still going to have that that test. You're still going to have that criticism. You can review when you have time to review. It's like, oh, so you go to review sessions. You find out what you did wrong and right. But no, you still have your notes. You still have your material. Move on. Keep going. Don't lose your momentum. And to me, that is 
kind of the way what I learned uh, when I was needing to do that because you need to um, you can't worry about those times you slipped and fell. You need to know what you did even before you get your mark back. You need to know your own criticisms uh, before you get your mark back. If you need to, if you really screwed up, you can go and ask the professor and get it straight from the horse's mouth, which will be more effective than you know reading their chicken scratches that they made in five seconds to get onto the next paper. That's what they're there for. But then once you get your degree, what are you doing with that? So you are moving from a place where you are being expected to check every and grade everything based on this and that. There's a, there's a spectrum of passing, you know, you have a barely passing to exceptional work kind of stuff. When you get into the real world, <laughs> the real world. No, it's true. I wrote it's, that before too, actually, and I scribbled it out. <laughs> when you get to the real world, that expectation is gone. If you give a bad presentation and can't get your ideas across, you don't get a bad mark. You get uh, you lose passed, money. You lose money. You get yeah. passed up for promotion. You're wasting your time. You need to put your work in. And the best place to figure that out is university, where you can take the criticism, and falling in the mud only affects your GPA. It doesn't affect your job. It doesn't affect your prospects as much like oh well you didn't have a gpa so one with someone with a higher gpa mm, cool whatever um but at the same time you aren't there is that element of uh practice and you're not going to get graded based on like oh you got a b plus on this you're going to get graded on the investor didn't like this like we're not moving forward with your proposal that's a fail you get utterly failed and the, and the market doesn't care about uh about you know whether or not you did it because the they need to move on the the structure of whatever institution you're in uh doesn't care because they need to be effective you are brought in to be an effective piece of a team so is is university jobs training like is high school and elementary and university, is it the Prussian model just re reinvented for modern era or is it for knowledge itself? Is it existential? I think it's both because, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Segregate them then? Should we have like the arts no. and philosophy and then just have classes between each other? No, because you, you need be college for job and not be university for education. No, because you need both perspectives. You need the in the same classroom. You need the guy who's there because he wants, he's got an idea. I'm going to become a goal. I'm going to become a lawyer. I'm going to work like this. I'm working this type of law. And right. you need the guy who's just interested in that subject coming in to audit the course because they're just really interested because they both bring a diversity of perspective into that classroom. And that adds value to that. Now, the other thing is that you can't, you can combine those two. You can have a interest as well as a uh, outcome focused uh, approach to things at the same time and yes you will need to sacrifice based on what you want but at the same time you are um, what was the question again sorry 
I was going somewhere and I wanted to just reiterate it. <laughs> yeah, this, the system sort of, um, there are people who are studying to study for the sake of knowledge and there are people right. who are studying for the sake of getting a job that they need qualifications to get. And should those two people be graded in the same basket or should there be separate baskets for them? Or maybe some of their courses should be the same, but others, like how, how do you grade people with different trajectories? In their well, if you are auditing a course, you aren't graded, period. So there are already silos. But at the same time, if you're studying a course and you're interested in history, you still need to be able to show whether or not you're going to become a politician or a reporter or a uh, you know, lawyer or something. You still have to demonstrate some kind of competency. You still need to just, right? and you need to understand that this is the way historians do things. This is the way psychologists do things. This is the way engineers do things. And if you want to learn it, this is the best way to learn it. So you need to get good. So there is that expectation upon people, but at the same time, the oh yeah, that was it. So the university as a good place to do it, I still think, has some merit because it forces you and it's this, this, this crucible for individuals. And I think we need to come back to that idea of the individual. Uh, it's this place where you can throw yourself in to the fire and hopefully come out at the other end better, confident, capable. And it doesn't matter what you're going into learn. If you're going into learn nursing, that crucible will teach you how to nurse. And if, if, we, if we train uh, if we just pass nurses because uh, this or that, well, I don't want a nurse that was, you know, said, you know what, I, I, I like you, so I'm just going to let you go through or, you know, I'm just going to up your grade by a thing. And I feel like that actually hurts the profession and hurts them. And it uh, tortures patients, trust me. <laughs> oh, yeah. But nurses tortures patients. Yeah. So we'll get into that on another day. Yeah. Um, and I think that is a very valuable thing because yes, the structures that are there have been negotiated for hundreds of years to be uh, as effective as they can be at this present moment. Um, and yes, there's gonna be failures in the system, but I think that those failures are just as necessary as the successes. And I think the focus that we should be making isn't on how can we run a better administration? How can we make better teachers and da, 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 da. I think we need to be focusing on the individuals of the institution themselves because a student needs to be able to carve their path with little instruction. You need to start be, and you need to get in and there's, there's a lot of hand-holding. It's the first year. You need to, like, honestly, where's UC? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Hold you got to learn trust. how to write a paper. Exactly. But as you get through, you get, and this is what happened with me, and it's, I believe it's what happened with a lot of other students, is that there was more hands-off, more and more and more hands-off. And by the end, it was, what are you doing? And I was like, huh, well, I got to think about that. I think I'm interested in the interactivity of digital records. And they're like, oh, that's cool. That's a good place to go. And I was guiding my own ship mm -hmm. and that, that teaches an autonomy like an expertise autonomy too do you know what right I mean? because you're learning all this stuff and you have to apply it yourself as you not as you know a nurse or an engineer blah, blah, blah. that's all that's all part of who you are but it is also uh you're an engineer because you have expertise in engineering 
yeah. how are you going to use that? They, like you have all this knowledge. Now run you yourself, guys, govern yourself. Show wisdom. The first yeah. two years, you're learning the concepts, data, information. Then Math. you learn knowledge, how to apply it. And then you show yourself a master by developing wisdom. See, and that to me is the benefit of the university. That, that's like yes. the, the main social of university is achieving that end. Mm -hmm. Like a college diploma program is like a jobs training where you learn the stuff that you learn in university, but you're learning it just so that you, it's like high school 2.0, like we said before, like it's yeah necessary. Right. It's not dumbed down and it's not worthless or any, it's just a different way of learning things. Right. And you should rely. I, I think that when you get out of school, you shouldn't rely on the stamp on your forehead. It'll get you in the door. It'll put your foot in the door, but it won't get you a seat because. Or respect. <laughs> or respect because you have to sit down and be able to talk and be able to show your knowledge. What? Okay. You know the stuff. Cool. Can you apply it? It's like, yeah, I would apply it like this. And then, so like you have to show that you're able to adapt and rely on your skills and knowledge. I can argue my point in order to get a job using the interpersonal skills that I finally hone like wasn't that my entire purpose of being there it was like but no wait i only got a 3.82 gpa i guess i'm an idiot see you later it's like no 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 i'm gonna sit down and i'll say i don't know how your company works yet i generally have an idea of what i'm being hired to do and i have knowledge in the field and i can demonstrate that but i can show you that i have the capability to learn quickly in order to uh do this and I have this ability based on serving tables, installing floors, writing papers, uh, arguing in classrooms, figuring out the metagame. <laughs> but then also the in like the, the 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 critical skills of can you write? Can you can you write an email? Can you uh, can you read put a, a report together? or can you wear it? a tie? <laughs> Which is. I got, a, I've gotten a couple jobs just from showing up in a tie. I, I'm not lying. <laughs> That's, I've never not shown up in a tie. That's all my wardrobe is, is collared shirts and ties. I own oh, yeah. three hoodies and I wear them for podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> gotta keep that bohemian. Uh, yeah, I gotta keep it bohemian and Rasta at the same time. <laughs> so, but it sounds like to me that a lot of that comes down to maturity too. And it's like maturity is not something you can sit there and say, read this book on maturity and become mature. It's just like a process that's underrated or undervalued. Like the, the time you spend in university is also part of the growth. Right. That immersion so, of constantly trying to get bigger or smarter or faster or better. Does your uh, B plus in uh, theoretical discourses or critical thinking does that make you an adult? Mm. Yeah. Does being a 19 year old in a second year university class and passing it, does that make you an adult? Do your grades make you more mature? <laughs> it's like, no, these quantitative, Clearly not. <laughs> Look yeah, at us. these quantitative <laughs> uh, aspects of your personality and being are not what make you an adult. Now it's probably changes in people's opinions on this, but to me, being an adult, what makes a man or what makes a woman rather than a boy or a girl is the ability to make decisions and take responsibility for those decisions and to to own have, your education, like you said before, right? 
to yeah exactly that's 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 put exactly right so to take yourself and act as an individual uh in the world and i feel like that's what's also missing is that we're relying on an administration to tell us b plus you've got your bachelor's degree you're a man now it's like what no <laughs> i was a man before i got here yeah now <laughs> like now go manage people who are also adults <laughs> yeah so when we when we rely on uh and i guess this is going to sound uh very right-leaning but when we rely on a system or an institution to be our parents and tell us you know it's okay it's fine here's an award you're doing great pat on the head like to me that's that's an act of disrespect to me as an individual someone who's cultivated maturity uh in the proper situations there's time and place to be mature which mm -hmm. is most but it's also time and place to let loose but um it's also a sign of maturity to be able to tell time and place and to rely on an administration to parent you, to rely on a government to parent you or the company or the, um, uh, you know, whatever, or your actual parents to accompany, yeah. to parent you, then you are not yet an adult. You need to take your own responsibility for your own actions. And that a lot of people are probably going to say, oh, that sounds a lot like person A or person B, but you know what, that's just the nature of how things go. And this is what I've learned by, you know, installing floors. And, yeah. and you... what I've learned is anything I see in other people, there's an element of that in myself. Guaranteed. Thanks. No matter what you find that you dislike in other people's behavior, activity, priorities, their, the way they want to self-promote or wag, wave their degrees around like flags to feel yeah. better about themselves. That's an insecurity that I also am, have the potential to um, right. display. Like, and that's why I'm trying to cultivate a modesty in myself. It's like, right. oh, you're a master. You got your master's degree. It's like, yeah, yeah, I did. But we learn about ourselves and human nature because we're all humans. We learn about ourselves and the follies of others too, I think. So right. it's not just a matter of like us sitting up here on camera, pointing fingers and looking down on people who you know, do things differently from us. What we're actually, well, I, I know your mind, so I'm just saying it out loud. What we're <laughs> actually doing is pointing out things that everybody does to some yes. degree, to varying degrees. It's I know. nature. Yeah. Like in within, within the variation of between individuals, there's a lot of things that work for me that wouldn't work for other people. Mm. So we're, we're pointing out general things that seem that we have encountered that seem to work for humans and you know and we're trying you, to like nurture a system that benefits most humans as opposed to fewer humans right because i do believe in uh you know and that's your left-leaning humanist <laughs> liberalism uh because you know a culture of individuals is a better culture than a culture of you know it's like just tell me what i need to do Tell me what I need to do yeah. to get the mark. We're not like, built to be little ants. There's no syllabus for life. So don't rely on the syllabus as a border. It's a starting point. So uh, don't rely on university. Dotted line, not a firm line. Yes. This is a place to start from, not a place that if I accomplish this, this is the minimum I have to do 
to get my degree. No, no, no. This is the minimum you have to do to get started. (laughs) (laughs) So that sounds like a perfect place to like sort of start wrapping up and like summarize. Yeah. Unless, unless we missed something on your list there that. No, I, uh, I, uh, I had a few, uh, points. I, uh, I may, uh, I think we've been summarizing for the last little while. <laughs> I may uh, put my notes together a bit more succinctly yeah. and post them up somewhere. So Cool. Well, we'll make a couple channel notes then. Um, you can expect some more content from us weekly, obviously. We're getting pretty regular at this. Yeah. And if you, um, if you have things that you want to hear us talk about, uh, you know, just shoot us a comment or something yeah uh, it's free to support us we're not asking for patreon or ad revenue or anything like that just like and subscribe share it if you can yeah it helps us out a lot just for spreading the word that's the intention and purpose and what we're doing here um mm-hmm. next episode i guess is going to be you interviewing me on a subject of choice yeah uh, i don't believe i'm thinking i'm thinking of uh doing a show on philosophy i'm not sure how many people would be into it but the practical applications of philosophy and philosophical inquiry are i'm uh of great and utter import to me i'm uh i'm pretty well read in that respect you are yes uh we could see where you're gonna go with that we could do that um oh it'll be a back and forth thing it won't be an interview (laughs) i'm not nearly uh well versed enough to to go tit for tat with you toe to toe but it should be an interesting discussion based on our our approaches because most of most of my background will be in basically boolean logic and religion and your background to it would be a lot of historical significance and like factual reference yeah, I do have reverential, rever, reverential. I lost the word. Whatever. Yeah. Um, the derivative of reverend. <laughs> unless we come up with a topic that uh, just makes us go, "Yeah, let's talk about that," which yeah, actually yeah. was We're this prone one. to changing our minds at the last minute. <laughs> yeah, this topic itself. We had another topic planned, but we're like, "No, let's talk about that." Yeah. So, uh, could it could happen? So yeah, we've got a bunch of ideas on the go you probably you got to listen to our other other podcasts though if you want to hear more of them yeah. we've got what three episodes up now well, we have one coming up meta uh, interactivity data this is our third yeah we fourth. should have one up by like saturday the 14th groovy so that'll be the fourth upload but that'll be the so well, it'll be there by the time they get this video yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> we got to okay. do the time travel thing now. We got to get practiced at the YouTube time travel. Yeah, you're gonna start seeing books moving around behind me and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, thank you so much for uh, entertaining me and indulging me in my many tangents. Yeah, and putting up with my digressions and thought holes. <laughs> <laughs> thought holes. <laughs> cool. Signing off. Like, subscribe. Thanks for tuning. See you guys. In. Peace.